Welcome to the Impactful Relationships Podcast. We're grateful to have you join this episode with us. We are super excited for our guest, Clint Pulver, to join us today. Clint, if you haven't heard of him, he is the undercover millennial. He has basically gone undercover with lots of different businesses and organizations to seek to understand why people stay or why people leave. Like, why do people love their jobs? Why do they love being a, a part of something? Um, and he's written a book and that's been recently published about his experience. It's called, I love it here, how great leaders create organizations that people never want to leave. Clint is also the um, person behind the video, be a Mr. Jensen, um, Emmy award, um, winner, winning speaker, um, won awards for his video, be a Mr. Jensen as well. And just a really good human being and person. So we're really excited to have Clint join this podcast episode. Now, you know, Clint and his book, it's, it's about uh, the workplace and, you know, how to help people stay and be a part of a company that they love and, and mentorship um, really as well. And these concepts of why someone loves it in a company, why do they stay part of a company? So many of these concepts, they apply directly into why does someone love being in a marriage? Why does someone stay in a marriage? Um, why does someone love having a connection with their kids as a parent or in a friendship? And so you can look through the lens of this in so many different ways from yes, from like employment and career and professional development and growth of how to help people love being a part of your organization, your group, and also how to help people love being a part of your family or wanting to be connected and be around your family? How can I be a better um, partner, a better um, wife, a better father, a better friend? How can I help people? How can I help people be part of the change they want to see in the world? That's what this is This is all about. So as we welcome Quinn onto the podcast, listen in, focus in on those things and think through What's one thing that I'd want to see different, that I'd want to see change in my life as we listen to Clint? I'm excited. Let's welcome Clint on. We're super excited um, for today's podcast episode and to have Clint Pulver um, here with us. And for all of those listening, if you haven't heard of Clint yet, you need to. So I'm excited that you're, you're listening to this this episode. So welcome, Quinn. I'll give you a little bit better introduction here, but we're, we're glad to have you on. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you, you bet. So just to help people understand Quinn a little bit better, um, if you've ever seen the video, Be a Mr. Jensen, that's Clint. Um, and Quinn's recently published a book, um, I Love It Here. Um, and if you haven't heard of the undercover millennial yet, or if you have, that is also Clint. Um, really spent a lot of time diving in and understanding why people stay, why people love working for businesses, for companies, um, and has shared his thing, shared kind of sharing that story, that experiences through his book and and through public speaking. So also does a lot of different public speaking events and. Um, has won awards for for his speaking as well. So, Quint, we're we're excited to have you on. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, yeah, I'm very excited to come and share with your listeners and help in any way I can. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
you know, your, your journey, um, it's, it's been fun for me to watch that from, from afar. Um, and even just through getting to know the story that you've shared through the be a Mr. Jensen and then a little bit more of your experiences through, through your book, but I'd love for you just to kind of share a little bit about your background, who you are and what's led you to where you're at right now. Yeah, so growing up in school, I was the kid that always had a hard time sitting still. Uh, I still have a hard time sitting still. I would constantly tap and fidget in class and move around. And you know, obviously, if you're, you're sitting in a, a room and someone's clicking their pen or they're tapping their foot, that gets annoying pretty quick. And I got nicknamed the tapper. A lot of kids called me the twitcher. Teacher after teacher would constantly say, young man, sit still. Young man, I need you to sit on your hands. Stop tapping. Stop tapping. And it happened again and again and again until one day I had a teacher named Mr. Jensen who looked at me as I was tapping in his class and he said, young man, I need to, I need to see you after class. Stay after class, we're gonna have a conversation. And I remember thinking in my head, like this is it, I'm getting kicked out of school as a 10 year old. And all the other kids are like, oh man, you are in trouble. Like you do not wanna be called after class. And the bell rang, everybody walked out. It was a completely empty room, minus me and Mr. Jensen. And he pulled me to the back of the room and he sat me down and he said, listen, you're kind of the kid that's on the list. Like you're kind of the kid that everybody sees as a problem. You tap, you tap constantly. You do it in my class and you do it in everybody else's class. He said, but I've sat back and I've just, I've watched you. And you'll sit there and, and you'll start writing with your right hand and then you'll tap with your left hand. And then he said, and then you'll switch the pen. And you'll start writing with your left hand and you'll tap with your right hand. And he looked at me and he said, I, I think you're ambidextrous. And I was like, no, I'm Presbyterian. <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> He's like, that's not what it means. No, 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 no. He said, can you tap your head and rub your belly at the same time? And I gave it a go and I could do it without thinking about it. And he said, well, then can you switch it? Can you rub your head and then tap your belly? And back and forth without thinking about it, I could do it. And he sat back in his chair, he smiled, and he looked at me and he said, Clint, I don't think you're a problem. I just think you're a drummer. And sometimes people hear that and they're like, what's the difference between those two things? <laughs> um, but Kyle, I am someone that believes in the power of moments. You know, my life story, even to this day, is just, is just a, a consistent compilation of moments. I think that's what we remember in our lives. We don't really remember the days, we remember moments. And Mr. Jensen in this moment created an experience. He, he designed something that allowed me to see possibility. It was something unique, it was unusual, it was not the norm for a teacher to do what he did. Because in that moment he leans back in his desk and he opened up the top drawer and he reached inside and he took out my very first pair of drumsticks. My very first pair. And he put them in my hands and he said, listen, I have no idea what's gonna happen, but I do, I think you're a drummer. And I want you to just keep them in your hands, keep the sticks in your hands as much as you can. And let's just see what happens. And that was 23 years ago. And I can sit here today and honestly tell you from 23 years ago, almost literally to this exact day, I have tried my best to keep my promise to Mr. Jensen. 
And for 23 years, I've had the opportunity to tour and record uh, all over the world as a professional drummer. And I've been on America's Got Talent. I coached the, the Utah Jazz NBA drum line for a long time. I uh, started the, the first uh, UVU, Utah Valley University drum line called the Green Man Group that now provides 25 full tuition scholarships to students. I've played with Carrie Underwood, Tim McGraw, the Blue Man Group. I remember I had no idea what I wanted to do you know, for a career when I grew up. And when I was in college, I graduated, I, I ended up graduating with uh, zero college debt. And that was all from music scholarships. And you know, I don't say all those things to go, wow, good for you, Clint, or oh, what a list of accolades. But it's a part of my story in, in saying that because of one person, you know, one person that saw potential, possibility, and allowed me to see that within myself, it changed everything for me. And that was really the foundation to what would turn into my life story and what I do a lot of to this day. Yeah. That, that's beautiful. Um, and I, I really agree. I think life is full of moments, right? Moments that change us. And the meaning that we give to whatever those moments are is what kind of guides our future, determines what we're going to write on the next page of our, our stories, if you will, of our own own books, um, that, you know, the, the book of life. And having sat with so many people before, there's such power uh, of someone being able to say like, Clint, you're not a problem, right? You're, you're a drummer. Kyle, you're not a problem. Um, and just being able to be seen in that way, I, I think you share that experience beautifully, like when someone can see you and not see you as a problem, but see you for your potential. Um, 100%. I think everybody wants to be seen. We all want to be heard. Yeah. We all want to be understood. But there's a fourth piece that I would add to this. We all want to know that somebody is with us. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's a difference between, you know, trying to, de to develop someone. I know probably a lot of people that are listening to this are probably parents. And we're really good often at developing our children or even you know, good at striving to develop our spouse or our partner. Uh, how do I get you from point A to point B to point C? How do I get you to clean your room? How do I get you to stay punctual? How do I get you to, to stay organized? How do I get you to, you know, do the things that I need you to do? And there is room, there is always a place for development and development is a good thing. But I think the advocacy part is critical. You know, do we advocate for each other as much as we strive to develop people? Because again, everybody wants to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be understood, but they want to know that you're with them. And I remember when I was young, I, I, wanted, I wanted to play the drums really bad. I wanted an actual drum set. So the Mr. Jensen story happened when I was 10 years old. At this point, I'm 12. And my mom's pots and pans definitely needed a break. I was beating on everything and anything I could with my drumsticks. And I said, Mom, I want a drum set. I've been playing, I've been practicing, I've been doing my very best. And my mom was like, okay, all right. Have you seen your report card? I was like, ah, oh, geez. She's like, I'll tell you what, because my mom was a great developer in my life, still is to this day. She's like, when you change your C's and D's into A's and B's, we'll help you get a drum set. And I'll help you get there. You know, we'll help you study. We're going to help you work a little harder, but you got to make some changes. And then we'll talk drum set. My dad has been a major advocator in my life. And he heard the whole conversation go down. He's in the other room, in the computer room. I go walking by and my dad goes, Psst. He said, Clint, come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. 
And I walk in, and in my dad's computer room were all of his old CDs. And he looked at me and he said, listen, I heard you were talking to your mother. And I said, yeah, dad, I want a drum set. He goes, I know. And he, he reached down to the bottom shelf and he pulled out a CD by the band called Rush. And he said, son, it's one of the greatest rock bands of all time. He said, this drummer, his name is Neil Peart. He will change your life. He said, take the CD. He said, listen to him. It will help you be, to become a better drummer. And then he goes, wait, 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 wait. And then he goes up to the top shelf and he pulls out a CD by the band called Def Leppard. <laughs> and he said, Clint, this drummer, he doesn't have two arms. Okay, this, this cat, he's got one arm and he plays the drums oh, unbelievably. And he got really serious. He handed me the CD and he said, Clint, you learn how to play Pour Some Sugar on Me, I'll Love You Forever. <laughs> And it's kind of that funny story of advocating versus developing, right? Both are important. Both are needed. Both are a part of this equation. My mom wanted me to do better in school, but my dad knew that I had a dream. I knew that my dad was with me. They were both with me. And uh, just that little sense of advocacy because everybody, everybody is asking you the question. I don't care if it's within your home, your family, in the workplace. Everybody's always asking each other, let me know when it gets to the part about me. Let me know in this conversation. Let me know in this family rule. Let me know in your mission statement at work. Let me know when it gets to the part about me. And sometimes we hear that and we think, well, those entitled little shining stars in our lives, right? Like, let me know when it gets to the part about me. And I would say it's not so much about entitlement, but it's about good business. It's about good parenting. It's about bringing humanity back into the home. And when we connect first, when we learn to advocate, that will always yield higher loyalty, influence, and long-term respect, which is, I, I think is something we all strive to have in our relationships. Absolutely. When someone feels respected and advocated for, and that they are understood and supported, they're going to stay. Whether that's, I'm going to stay present as a child with my parents, I'm going to stay present and relationship with a romantic other, I'm going to stay present in my job because That's right. you got my back. Absolutely. <laughs> the opposite, they're probably not going to be there much longer. Exactly. And we just need more of it, you know? And again, it's, we get this, you know, command and control model of like, no, you're going to do what I say because I'm the parent. No, you're going to do what I say because I'm your boss. And if you don't, I'll fire you. Or if you don't, I'll ground you, right? We're really trying to teach a lesson versus trying to empower a human, yeah. right? A human that eventually one day will leave your house and have to make responsible decisions as an adult and an employee that has options and they can leave and go to another in place of employment anytime they want. And so again, I, I think sometimes we look at people, we have this fireplace mentality mm -hmm. and we look at our kids or we look at our employees and we say, give me heat, then I'll give you wood, right? Give me the results. Give me respect. Do what I want you to do. Then we'll talk about, you know, you can use your cell phone. Then we'll talk about you can go play with your friends. Then we'll talk about a raise, right? And then, then we'll talk about time off. And I think if we can flip that, we flip that script and we get to the part about them. We make those deposits of trust. We increase that connection. We give them a reason to want to listen to us. We give them a reason that when they are with us, they go, I like myself best because I'm with you. When you do that, you step into the role of mentorship 
not management. You, you step into the role of advocacy, not just being the parent. And, and there's, a, there's a difference there, and it's powerful when it's achieved. Easier said than done, but still powerful when it's achieved. Yeah, that's so powerful. I think in any type of relationship, and I think it's easy for people to slip into the role of like correcting or trying to fix things or trying to yes. control the outcome. Yes. Generally, when people fall into that trap, their attempts to solve the problem actually becomes the problem or create the problem. Like it's, I think that's in similar ways of, and it's generally done out of the best intentions. Quinn, I know you've shared part of your story in your book and other, other places of, you know, back to the, the tapping and the be, be Mr. Jensen and even going to the principal's office and then coming back and, you know, sitting on your hands, like th that wasn't necessarily helpful, right? Like Correct. sometimes as a, as a boss or as a parent or as a partner, you know, we can want to help influence change or have control. And it's like, well, just do this, just change this for me. And then I can be present for you where then people don't feel respected. They feel disconnected and they don't feel like they can trust you. And so they start to pull away. And now the exact problem you're trying to prevent is actually happening. Um, not intentionally, but it, totally. it occurs. And I think that's, again, why I, I guess I'm so passionate on, you know, instead of just always trying to fix it, right? We, I, if, you can, if you can become that mentor, if you can earn that trust in, in, in helping that person to understand and know that you are with them, uh -huh. like instead of like saying, like, I'm here to fix you, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And if there's anything I can do to support and help, I'm here for you. I want to advocate for you. And I get what you're going through. I hear what you're going through. You know, I understand to some extent what you're going through and I'm with you. So let's do it. Let's get through this together. It's a different mentality and, and it allows you to earn the will of those that follow you or those that you were trying to influence. That's why I keep referring to mentorship, not leadership. Yeah. In my research, so just a little background, I, I, for the last four and a half years, I have worked as the undercover millennial. So it's kind of like undercover boss without the makeup. <laughs> and I would go into organizations as a millennial, uh, dressed very much how I am today. I have a backwards hat on, a hoodie. I just, I look like a, a normal person walking into a store and I would go into a retail outlet or a medical clinic or a construction site or a hospitality chain. And I'd walk up to the first person that I saw and I would just say, hey, I'm just looking for work. I'm just looking for a job. And I, I just, before I applied, I just wanted to know what you thought and if you would recommend it. And the employees always get quiet. They look around <laughs> and then they tell me everything, everything from the good to the bad, what, what they love, what they don't love, if they would recommend it or if they wouldn't. And the magic of all of the research was not when an employee was dissatisfied with their job. The magic of the research was when I would walk up to an employee and say, what's it like to work here? And they would respond with, I love it here. I love my job. I love, I love you know, where I work and what we do and our team and we're filled with purpose. And it's, it's an amazing place. You need to apply. And then when that response would trend in an organization from person after person after person, and I asked myself, why, why? What were those leaders doing? And it was really interesting when, a, when an employee hated their job, they talked about the manager. When an employee loved their job, they talked about the mentor. 
mentorship versus management. And what's unique is you cannot become a mentor until the mentee invites you into their heart. Like, think about that for just a minute. You cannot become that mentor until the mentee invites you into their heart. That's why it's so powerful. When we usually talk about influence, we talk about leadership or management. Those are kind of the two different parameters. Leadership is all about influence. You are the, 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 at the helm of the ship. You are the visionary. You are, you are telling everybody, this is the direction. This is where we need to go. And your job is to get everybody to follow you. You're a leader if people follow you. I want to get you from point A to point B to point C. We're going to influence you to follow me. A manager is all about making sure that there's no holes on the ship. How do we get here effectively, efficiently? How do we do this more productively? But a mentor, mm, a mentor is all about taking care of people on the ship. M mentorship has to be earned. If you've looked at, you know, Kyle, you look at your life and you look at some of the great mentors in your life, they were not really assigned to you. That was not a title, no, that you gave them that title because of who they were. And when I found these significant people in the workplace, these people that yielded loyalty like I had never seen before, where employees would talk about, you know, I'll never leave because of Susie. Or an employee, another employee would say, you know, I came over from my other job because Susie transferred and I, just, I followed her over. Why? Like what was so significant about Susie? And we came down to there's five C's of mentorship. Five characteristics that if somebody created this type of influence, they were that type of a, an impactful person in someone else's life, they possessed these five C's. And number one was confidence. These leaders had a sense of confidence. They were confident in themselves. They were confident also that they could help that person get to where they want to go, right? Because we must remember that great mentors connect people to their dreams. That's why people want to connect with them. That's why people like themselves best because they're with them, because they advocate. They don't just develop. You are the person that will help me get to where I want to go. And if you're confident in that, confidence exudes trust. The second C is credibility. They had some history, resume, a background. They studied at a specific school. If they were the sales manager, they had history of being a sales agent. Right? You might be the car dealership manager, but have you ever sold a car before? They had some sense of credibility that deemed them credible to talk about and mentor what they were mentoring on. The third C was competence. Competence was the ability to be a practitioner, not a theorist. It doesn't mean you were just a legend one day, you know, a long time ago. Uh, it means that you're actually in the trenches living and breathing the things that you can do. Are you the manager that just sits back and tells everybody what to do? But are you actually engaged in doing the things that everybody else is doing? Number four was candor. Great mentors had the ability to create relationships so strong that honesty could exist. People that mentored with them knew that, okay, uh, if I'm doing great, they're going to let me know. But if I'm not doing great, they're going to also honestly let me know. Candor mattered. And then the, the last C is care. The ability to just truly care. That I know that you have my best interest in mind. 
You're not here to just check off a box. You're not here to just get me to do what you want me to do, but you actually care about me as a human. You realize that I have a life outside of work. You realize, mom and dad, that I've got friends and you know I have some passions and I really love this type of music or I love to skate or I love to, whatever it is, that you, you care about me and what matters to me. Those five C's, if you, are, if you have confidence, if people deem you credible, you're competent, you have the ability to have candid conversations, but also to exude high levels of care, you are setting yourself up to be a mentor in someone's life. And it was a beautiful thing to see how these great leaders mastered that. And in doing so, they became legendary in people's lives. Yeah, that, that, that's wonderful. And, and really a beautiful experience. Like for anyone who's had that type of mentor, and hopefully if you had the opportunity to give that type of mentorship to someone, it's life-changing. I think totally. for both people is when someone goes through that experience, both for the mentor and the mentee, when that type of trust, that type of relationships there, you're both changed. Like it's impossible to not leave that type of relationship, a better person, a better human being, a more loving human being. And then hopefully that goes on and you share that with the next person, right? All, all it takes is one conversation, one interaction to change someone's life. Um, and one relationship, right? A series of those interactions. And you truly get remembered forever. Like we, we don't forget those people. You, yeah, you don't yeah. forget the Mr. Jensen's. And I, I call it really the difference between being successful versus significant. You know, there's a big difference there. You know, in the world, we put a lot of emphasis on success, uh, popularity, fame, wealth, prestige. But, but if I were to ask you, you know, Kyle, could you tell me who the last three NFL MVPs were? I don't know that, that answer. <laughs> right? Or, you know, who, who are the last two Academy Award winners for Best Actor? I don't know that answer either. <laughs> could you tell me who the last two Miss Americas were? Not a clue. <laughs> like, no clue, right? Like, yeah. But yet, these people have millions of followers. They make yeah. millions of dollars. Uh, they're on TV. They would, they would be what we would deem successful. Nobody knows who they are, but watch this. Kyle, if I were to ask you to tell me the name of the teacher who made a difference in your life, do you remember their name? Yeah, I remember se several. I remember one high school teacher, Mr. Bailey, and he, he told us, I remember he said, you will not remember who I am five years from now and 10 years from now, you won't remember my name. And you know, almost 20 years later, I remember Mr. Bailey. <laughs> totally. Or, you know, tell me, tell me somebody in your world or your, you know, in your practice that, that's helped, you know, make a difference in your life. Like, like you instantly can recall, you know who those people are. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's because they were the people that got to the part about you. Mm -hmm. They were mentors in your life. They were the people that when you were with them, they communicated your potential. They communicated worth. They advocated for you. And in doing so, you said, I like myself best because I'm with you and they become legendary. Uh, it, it really is a beautiful concept. And I think if we can remember to do that as parents, if we can do that as managers, if we can do that as friends, that's how we become significant in our relationships, not just popular or cool or, uh, 
I don't know, just some of the, the, the funny things that we can get caught up in. And uh, it was beautiful to research. It was beautiful to see. And I think it's something that we need more of. Absolutely. And as you described that, like, I think everyone can relate to, there's probably someone you know that you've seen that everyone's drawn to that person. Like, they just have friends everywhere they go. You don't even know why everyone likes being around them. And that person, whether they've consciously aware of it or not, generally comes back to all these things you're talking about. And that they're authentic. They're real and genuine with people. Um, yes. And they care more about people than they do about an outcome. Right. Uh, and it changes the game. It changes everything. Um, Absolutely. So it's, it's beautiful. I, I really appreciate this dialogue. Is there anything else, Clint, you would want to share? I, uh, I think uh, at the end of our lives, we will be surrounded by two things. Mm -hmm. We'll be surrounded by the woulda, shoulda, couldas, or the do it, did it, done it. And, you know, when it comes to relationships, I think it's one of the greatest investments you can make. And I asked Mr. Jensen five years ago, He's still alive, by the way. I call him Larry now. <laughs> uh, and Larry and I were out to, to, to lunch, and I said, Mr. Jensen, I got to know. I got to know why me. Like, I've never asked you before. You know, you taught thousands of kids. Why me? Why was I the kid that got the drumsticks? And he smiled, and he looked back at me, and he said, I'll tell you why. He said, you, you, were, you were my one. I said, what do you mean? He said, every, every term, every semester, he chose just one kid. Because one of the greatest lessons he learned early on in education was that he couldn't save every kid. You know, a lot of teachers try, but they quickly realize that they just can't. Mm -hmm. He said, but he knew that he could, he could save one. And he listened and he pondered and he was attentive and he would watch and I became the one. And then every morning he woke up as an educator, he wiggled his toes, he knew he was alive and he went to work for that one kid. And he understood the power of advocacy and creating moments. And my mom growing up, she always said that uh, little by little makes a little a lot. And I think it was Mother Teresa that said in, in life, you know, our efforts at times, they might just seem like they're a drop in the bucket but at least they're a drop in the bucket. And little by little, we make a little a lot. And I think when it comes to creating great relationships, we sometimes deem uh, quantity as something that is uh, the favorable thing. How many likes do you have? How many friends follow you? How many followers do you have on Instagram? How, how much is your TikTok blowing up? But in my experience, uh, I have found that the greatest uh, power of meaningful and significant relationships always comes down to those small interactions one by one. And so my maybe departing thought or challenge would be to think of one person. Now, who's one person today that, that needs a phone call? Who's one person today that, you know, you send, you send them a message on Facebook and say, what's up, how you doing? I just, you were on my mind. And I wanted to say hi. Who's one person that, you know, you could go take a walk with or that you could go create a moment for? 
Maybe that's a thank you note. Maybe that's dropping off some cookies. Maybe it's doing something out of the norm, right? To create a moment. That's what we remember in this world. And I believe that the more we focus on other people, the more in return people focus on us. And in doing so, we set ourselves up to, at the end of this life, to have more do it, did it, done it's instead of the woulda, shoulda, couldas. And yeah, it starts one by one, little by little. We make a little a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, and I like how simple you made that. For anyone listening, all you have to do is just the next right thing. You can just pick one thing and just do the next thing. It doesn't matter what the past day or 20 years of your life has been. Starting right now, five minutes, the next five minutes of your life, you can just pick one thing and, and do something different. Um, and, and you can choose what's on the next story of your book. Um, so Quinn, Quinn, I love this. If, if our listeners, if they're wanting to reach out and connect with you or get a copy of your book, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, the book is on Amazon right now. It's titled, I Love It Here, How Great Leaders Create Organizations Their People Never Want to Leave. And then they can also connect with me on my website, clintpulver.com. And I'm also on all the social media channels as well. Awesome. So if you haven't learned to love Clint just from listening to this podcast episode, you should. And so go, go connect with him, reach out, buy his book and, and get to know him better. So Clint, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Kyle. Yeah. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Clint. It was a great dialogue. Now, as always, this information, it's not therapy or counseling for you. It's not information or recommendations for you specific to your circumstances. This is simply information and information that we hope that you find impactful. Now, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the end of Clint's dialogue with us and to follow through on the invitation that he gave. I think that you'll find that'll be an impactful experience for you in your life. We look forward to having you back on future episodes. Thank you so much for joining us.